Insects are all around us. Many live right under our noses and are just waiting to be discovered. In spite of their small size, insects are among the most interesting and adaptable creatures on planet Earth. We have close encounters with them every day, whether we realize it or not. To most people, these creatures are just bugs. But to entomologist Dr. Tim Gibb, they are spineless wonders. And he's here to help you look beyond the bug to the fascinating life of the insect. Dr. Tim will see you now. An entomological rule of thumb is that insects are active in the spring, summer, and fall, but not in the winter. It's what we always expect and even come to rely on. By the time winter hits, insects should be either smart enough to come in out of the cold, or they should have figured out a way to sleep through the winter. This rule is followed by 99.9% .9 of all insects. One stark exception is sometimes noticed on the surface of snow on sunny days, right smack in the dead of winter. People sometimes report seeing thousands of tiny bluish-black specks that appear as dirt or fine dust on the surface of the snow, but these specks move because of the unusual timing in the middle of winter and displaying peculiar movements jumping in the air and unusual and entirely unexpected locations on the surface of snow, these become a distinct curiosity. When examined even more closely and it becomes apparent that these are actually congregations of some bizarre kind of insect, they are sometimes sent to our laboratory for identification and psychological evaluation. Our laboratory specializes in insect identification, and these are usually found to be snow fleas. We do not perform psychological evaluations on insects, however, and thus cannot vouch for their sanity, much less for the sanity of the submitter, who obviously was also outside in the middle of winter, doing peculiar things, collecting insects, in unusual places from the surface of the snow. Snow fleas belong to a primitive group of hexapods called springtails or calembola. They are so primitive that they don't possess normal insect legs, eyes, or mouth parts, and are wingless. They get around using a unique method of locomotion. They have simple eyes that only detect light or dark, not the compound eyes of most insects. They possess very unusual mouth parts that are contained inside the head rather than protruding on the outside like other insects. And they have a very simple metamorphosis from eggs to nymphs to adults. The thing that sets them most apart, however, is their quirky method of locomotion. Springtails are so different in so many ways that as of late, insect taxonomists no longer even consider them true insects, but rather a related but separate evolutionary line. That said, entomologists as a group are a fairly inclusive bunch, and most adopt these primitive hexapods, as well as spiders and mites and ticks, for study, even though they do not look or behave like true insects. 
Snow fleas derive their common name because they live in the snow and actively jump much like fleas. Rest assured that other than the flea-like jumping, they bear no other similarities with the common cat or dog flea. They don't bite people or pets and seldom, if ever, get into homes. Snow fleas are omnivores. They'll eat just about any microscopic decaying bit of algae, fungi, and bacteria that they find near the surface of the soil or in leaf litter where they live. They are most common in moist areas where there's plenty of organic material, such as in heavily wooded areas where decaying logs and other plant material is very plentiful. Snow fleas have a distinctive method of making their way to the surface, even when the snow is on the ground. In such times, they are the only active arthropod above ground and have been known to make snow appear black or dark blue in large patches where they gather in such numbers. Fleas may look like specks of black pepper sprinkled on the surface of the snow and the specks appear as if they are moving. Even closer inspection reveals that these are actually tiny insect-like critters, but they don't get around by the conventional and more sensible method of sane insects. Springtails support themselves on three pairs of legs like insects, but rather than walking, running, or jumping, springtails witlessly shoot themselves around using a unique appendage or tail at the rear of their bodies and hence their name, springtail. The tail, called a furcula, is spring-loaded and is bent forward underneath the body and secured using a hook-like structure called a tenaculum. Body muscle tension is applied to the furcula, creating significant stored energy, and when the tenaculum suddenly releases, the furcula snaps backward and the whole insect is catapulted as much as 50 to a hundred body lengths into the air. It's a very interesting mechanism, and yes, there are scientists called biomechanical engineers who have actually measured the physics behind such movement. Their study methodically calculated the output. The distance of springtail propulsion was found to be up to 12 inches into the air with an initial force velocity of 4.6 feet per second. For a small insect, this is huge. What they did not measure, however, was the jump trajectory. So we don't know how far laterally the springtails travel or how long they might be airborne before landing. Neither did they mention the dynamics of the jump, whether the thrust causes the springtail's body to rotate head over end or end over head. And these are obviously important omissions and likely of huge concern to any springtail contemplating its first jump. The authors simply suggested, as a mere footnote at the end of their article, that future researchers might employ high-speed macro videography to document the jump in live motion. And it's just like an engineer to offer plenty of calculations and numbers, but leave out such important practical facts. Somersaults or backflips make a lot of difference when it comes to the landing part of the springtail's jump. And remember, these mini stunt performers do not wear helmets, 
nor are they strapped into a landing capsule. They're simply on their own and must bounce upon landing. Until someone picks up this study and actually performs the necessary videography, we're forced to conclude that springtails have little control over either direction or distance of their sling into space, nor do they have any way to steer once airborne. Just haphazardly pitch themselves into the air, their motion can be only surprise. They're probably surprised to arrive, well, somewhere else. We must also assume that they feel nothing when crash landing because they just right themselves and prepare to do it all over again. Entomologists initially question the soundness of mind of springtails employing such unorthodox methods of locomotion. But after serious ponderings, usually they conclude that because the springtails are all but blind anyway, this may actually be a rationally acceptable method of getting from one place to the other. If they don't know where they are launched from, it's likely of little concern to them where they will arrive. What difference could it make? On the other hand, if it's true that in the final analysis, life really is all about the journey, springtail lives might actually be quite exhilarating. They might extol their lives as a perpetual carnival ride with a nice soft landing in the snow. And springtails can't all be wrong. They're massively prolific. Springtails tend to get overlooked because of their small size. They're about one to three millimeters in length. And also because of the fact that they're most often found in the soil or the leaf litter and not very easy to see. But they are reputed to be one of the most abundant of all macroscopic animals. They live virtually everywhere that there's moist soil and related organic resources. They are a surprisingly large part of our woodland ecosystem and estimates of sheer numbers are as high as 750 million per hectare or approximately 6,968 per square foot of ground. In other words, every step that you take in a wooded area is supported by 41,808 springtail legs. So put that fact in your engineering calculators. In addition to their unique jumping talent and their abundance and importance to any soil ecosystem, what makes snow fleas so peculiar is that they actually become more active and more observable during the winter months. During November through March, they crawl to the surface of the snow precisely when most other insects do the opposite. They can do this because snow fleas don't freeze in cold temperatures thanks to a special protein in their body that functions much like antifreeze in a car. It inhibits ice crystal formation. This allows them to remain alive and active in sub-zero temperatures when most other rational insects and humans are seeking shelter. In the final analysis, snow fleas gathering together on the surface of snow in the dead of winter for communal ceremonies of flinging, catapulting, and hurling themselves into the air with no apparent final destination in mind may seem not very smart. 
but they are certainly unique and adaptable animals and are one of the more fascinating examples of nature's exceptions to the rule, sensible or not. This has been Dr. Tim with another Spineless Curiosity. Be sure to tune in next month again for another Spineless Wonder. Thank you.